Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG and MHS Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Well, the Nuggets uh, took care of business. I guess that's the best way to put it. In Game 1, they beat the Miami Heat 104-93. Interesting game. I don't think the Nuggets played a very good game. I'll be honest with you. I I think the rust was showing. I know there has been some analysis and breakdown of the Nuggets and how they played this game. The Nuggets were rusty, and it and it really showed in the way they were shooting. The Nuggets shooting was really bad. Michael Porter Jr., I think it was 2 for 11 on, on threes. You That is where it really manifested itself. I, I was very curious to see kind of the the interpretation that we've been seeing um, of the, uh, the the kind of the, the, the night that the Nuggets had. The Nuggets are so damn good that it didn't matter. And the best way I can put this is Aaron Gordon's first quarter, where he scored 12 points, was by far his best quarter. And it was an identification that the, that the, there was a, a too small thing going on here with the uh, uh, Miami Heat. It literally all the the Nuggets could have legitimately been doing the too small thing on the court um, the entire first half Um, because the insertion of Caleb Martin into the starting lineup, which is what continued in from the last round, um, all the Nuggets did was get switches onto uh, Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin and, and had Gordon just back him down into oblivion and dunk. It was it was just it was one of those things, that, and it overcame the Nuggets' poor shooting. I mean, even Jamal wasn't great in shooting. The Nuggets can shoot significantly better. Now, you can say that the there was a small gap because the uh, the Heat won on Sunday and today's Thursday, or yesterday was Thursday. So you could say that the the tiny gap and the travel to Denver could have affected uh, the Heat. Um, and they had extremely hot shooters in in these games. Uh, I would say that these uh, the Heat shot have been in this playoffs wide, ex- shooting extraordinarily well. Um, and 
I think that is essentially what got them through against the Celtics uh, was this extremely blazing hot shooting. And the fact that the Celtics are a schizophrenic team, that doesn't make any sense. Um, here, here's kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at this. And I think, I think this is, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but Miami can counter the Nuggets. You mean Jokic, we're going to get to him in the second part of this first half here. And we're going to talk about him in relation to the NBA's kind of the existential crisis that the Nuggets have given the NBA. Um, but the, 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 the Nuggets, um, were able to overcome a terrible shooting night. And I think that is what is being underplayed right now. It's like I, the people don't under, realize how poorly, an outlier poorly, the Nuggets shot in game one. Uh, what was it, 8 of 20-something on on threes? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's it's something like that. So the the Nuggets actually shot terribly. So did the the. The, the heat um but the nuggets because they're so good and Jokic was able to do whatever he wanted to do basically he only had five shots going into the fourth quarter and ended up with 27 points i mean come on of course a lot that he had he shot free throws like Embiid in this in this game um not to make the comparison but there was there was just all this going on at once, but the Nuggets had more counters. And this is if you're going to take anything away from Game One, it, it's a, a, not the overall performance, not anything. Well, what I would suggest you do is say is look at this and say the Nuggets played the worst offense they've played in a long time, and still won comfortably. Um, the Heat fired up their zone in the fourth quarter with Jokic, and it kind of affected their offense, I would say, a little. But I th the Nuggets, people who don't watch the Nuggets um, all year kind of miss the, the we're taking the foot off the gas uh, element within them. Sometimes they, they know they're better, and they just kind of lighten up. Um, Jok and, and Malone putting uh, Murray and Jokic in the start of the fourth quarter when the Nuggets were up 21 was, uh, I think not a, that, that wasn't a great move because they did Jokic had played basically the entire fourth quarter to first, excuse me, third quarter. So it's like, don't, what are you doing? I mean, he's already gassed. Give him, give him his usual rest at this point. You're up 21. Um, that was one of those weird Malone things, but whatever, it didn't cost them anything. Uh, they, they went on a, the, the heat went on like a 10 0 run and then the Nuggets, just kind of reeled them back in and, and everything was fine. Um, I think, I think if we're going to like, if we're going to look at this, if we're going to take anything away from this game is that the nuggets have more options. The nuggets are more, have more counters than the, the Miami heat. Um, and it's just because the nuggets were, there's a reason you know, I've said this over and over, but there's a reason the nuggets were the number one seed. Um, they were very good. Um, they were legitimately the best team in basketball for a lot of the season. Uh, and their swoon, quote unquote, at the end of the year kind of influenced the way people talk about the Denver Nuggets. But in reality, the Denver Nuggets were the best team in basketball. And it's because they had more counters than other people, be it Bruce Brown coming off the bench, be it like the shooting of Michael Ward Jr., be it the, uh, the, the playmaking of uh, Jamal Murray, you know, the all around excellence of, of Nikola Jokic and and Aaron Gordon really emerging as the one of the best role players in the in professional basketball, particularly in these playoffs, with the way he's able to guard people and get some of those those uh, dunker spot uh, points. 
So these sorts of things all manifested themselves in this first game, despite the Nuggets having an outlier bad shooting performance. I think I think Caleb Martin uh, was like one for eight in shooting, uh, and Max Struess was over ten. Obviously, that was an outlier for the Heat, and they will hit shots. Okay, the Heat will hit shots in Game 2. This is the Heat Game 2 will be a lot more competitive. It'll be very much like the Lakers um, series. They're going to throw absolutely everything, including the kitchen sink, at the Denver, Denver Nuggets in Game 2 because if they go down 0-2, the series is over. The Nuggets, the Nuggets are just that good. So I ex- fully expect the Heat to just throw absolutely everything at the Denver Nuggets. Absolutely everything. And it'll be interesting to see how the Nuggets withstand that. They, they were the beneficiaries of the of the rest. And I think where the rest comes into play was the, the nine days rest that they had comes to play in game two more than it does game one. Game one is getting off the rust. Game two is withstanding the, the uh, kitchen sink aspect. That the that they are going to throw at the Denver Nuggets in in game two, I expect them to start Kevin Love. That was the I was actually surprised they didn't start Kevin Love in this game. Um, now I don't think that is a viable solution because Kevin Love is quite old at this point. He can hit shots, but you know, and get rebounds. He can hit shots and get rebounds. So that is where you can see the counter coming in. But he is. He's quite old at this point, and I'm wondering if that would be any sort of solution to this. Um, the Nuggets, I, I mean, you saw what happened with Cody Zeller. Jokic came in and just bulldozed him. I mean, it just it was it was not even close. It was it was one of those things where you're like, we can't have this. <laughs> he wasn't out there very long. It's just kind of one of those um, epiphany moments for the Heat. I am one hundred percent sure where Jokic just there's that one play where he just bulldozed into the lane and 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 uh, Zeller tried to flop it a little and it just didn't it didn't work out the way they thought it would. Um, but this is it's it's going to be interesting to watch how the Nuggets adapt to the kitchen sink approach because you know mpj i want to shout out his defense he did his defense was really good he was not great offensively he had some great dunks but his shot was off and if anyone was affected by the layoff the most it clearly was mike um and kcp too but mike was you could tell i mean look if if mike hits like he was two for 11 on threes if he hits about what about three more of those shots the game looks was even would be been a twenty point game. Okay, um, Mike was was off, uh, and but on the flip side of that, his defense was tremendous. I mean, particularly in that first quarter, um, that may be the best defense I've ever seen Mike play. He was getting those chase down blocks. He had two blocks in the game, um, and he finished with twelve rebounds, fourteen points, twelve rebounds. I mean, that's 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 Horace Grant numbers, you know, and I think I think that part was something that the Heat couldn't account for it. In fact, Jimmy Butler went at Mike a couple times. It was clearly they were identifying Mike first as the wink link. Obviously, that didn't didn't transpire the way they thought it would. On the flip side of that, they didn't go at it Jamal as much as I thought they would because that is where the Lakers found some, some uh, uh, success and that's where the Suns found some success was going directly at Jamal. Um, 
But as with all things with the Denver Nuggets, the Nuggets eventually adapt and figure it out, and they don't have to worry about it. The Nuggets' ability to adapt without altering their starting lineup has been key to this playoff run. The great teams don't go in and out of their playoff, their their lineups. We we talk about Malone not adjusting and all this stuff. Uh, sometimes you, if you're good enough, and if you you know your team is good enough, you don't need to be making lineup adjustments like that. You know, unless you're down. That's usually a sign that you're down, basically. <laughs> uh, but the Nuggets have need to do that, and their ability to do that and play from ahead has been a key to their success because um, their big adjustment with the Lakers was just moving uh, Gordon to out of the dunker spot into uh, pick and roll areas and and, and setting screens, um, and that's it. They, they didn't take him out of the lineup and doing anything like that. Now the interesting thing about this is Mike played MPJ played I think like forty three minutes in this game. That was interesting i was i i usually mike doesn't play that much but he was so good defensively and i can see why malone was like we got to keep him out there um it was part of the too too small aspect of this i i, I think having mpj out there more than the uh the uh ability of the heat to uh, counter that specifically specifically Jimmy Butler I think Jimmy Butler is the one who was most affected by the Nuggets length um, the Heat can adapt by uh, basically trying to get uh, Jamal into some uh, actions with him because that is that is where he's going to make his hay maybe a little bit to the extent of KCP but Jimmy thrives on getting fouls, and he thrives on getting that into that short mid-range, kind of like Chris Paul. And when he has that much size on him, a la, a la Aaron Gordon, um, it, it is, becomes more difficult for Butler to do that. I expect the, the, the Heat to adapt and to get Butler free more often than they did. Because it was pretty clear to me that getting Bam out of bio... Uh, shots and leaving him open was part of the Nuggets game plan. I think that was that was all part of what they were because if Adebayo is shooting those those floaters and stuff like that, the what's what's going to result is the Denver Nuggets will be uh, uh doing really well uh because none of the other players are doing what they do, which is, you know, three points is worth more than two and you don't have Jimmy Butler going off. So that really is where the difference is made. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Nuggets adapt because I'm sure the 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 Heat will go into actions where they get Butler more free, and I expect them to move more size. They don't have a ton of it, but I expect them to move more size into their starting lineup and then go extremely aggressive with zone in the second uh, uh, in the second unit. So they were doing that a little, and you saw it at the start of the fourth quarter. Um, you you saw them kind of adapt to that and get get that part into their game. So that you, I can see them trying to make hay while Jokic is out of the lineup because he's the zone killer. Um, so they'll they'll try to do that and 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 press their advantage in the second unit and try to get as many steals and stops as possible to juice their offense for the onslaught from when Jokic is in there. I think that's fully what they're going to try to do in uh, with their uh, adaptation. So. Uh, anyway, in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk to you about the how the Nuggets can 
uh, or, well, the, the NBA's crisis with promoting the Denver Nuggets. And uh, I'm going to go a little based on some tweets I've seen from Nate Jones. But uh, I'm going to talk about this, and I'm talking about how the NBA kind of has struggled with this and why they have struggled with uh, promoting the Denver Nuggets. And I'm going to talk to you about that right after I talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazie in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at BFW Denver, BFW Colorado, excuse me, dot com. Reds, whites, Rieslings, uh, blends, uh, rosés, everything you need in your local wine bar. they got a location in Denver, they got a location in Fort Collins, and one in Sonoma County, California. Um, some of my favorite wines I've ever had are there, but mostly that is kind of a vibe thing. You know, you, you go down there, and it's in the dairy block, and it's in a really nice area. You're surrounded by restaurants. You're surrounded by some of the most vibrant parts of lower downtown you can take a walk over the Denver Chop House if you want. You could walk over to the, any of the uh, restaurants available right in that block, you know, two, three block area in lower downtown. It's really, really great to go kind of uh, kind of see and feel the vibe down there, especially when there's a baseball game down there or even if there isn't. Um, fall. Oh, my God. If you go down in the fall and it's just uh, – it, fall in denver is is basically the best time and if you go down in the fall the, the vibe there is just exquisite you got great wines uh there i suggest you take check out their their made pinot or their uh, made cabernet both are excellent but anything they sell is great including their partnerships with western slope wineries once again they're located between 18th and 19th and blake and wazi in beautiful lower downtown denver colorado just a couple blocks away from coors field right in the middle of dairy block they're always online at bfwcolorado.com they're on facebook and instagram under blanchard family wines when you go in or you talk to them gentlemen jeff morton from csg podcast sent you The NBA struggles to promote the Denver Nuggets, and 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 some of this is. I'm gonna put, to have everyone take their minds back to when Carmelo Anthony was here. Um, the Nuggets were on a, a national TV constantly. They were on, <laughs> they were always on TNT. They they would get ESPN games. the 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 Nuggets were among the most nationalists particularly by the time you get to 0809 0910 1011 right around there the nuggets were always on national tv they were always featured and a lot of that had to do with carmelo anthony Melo, um due to his own celebrity made the nuggets more visible 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 um and the nuggets really kind of rode that success there's there's we don't like to admit this okay here in denver but having that celebrity helps and one of the things that has been eminently clear with the way the NBA has definitely struggled to promote and advertise the Denver Nuggets this time is a couple factors. Um, because of the, and I talked about this on, on a previous podcast, you can go back to it. Uh, the NBA is lazy. State of the NBA, the, the league is lazy. Go back and listen to that. It was kind of an essay thing that I wrote up and I read uh, on the air, uh, or excuse me, recorded, but in addition to that the league the league is always behind on these things the league and and it's not just and it's not just public perception it's it's the league itself is always behind and, and some of that has to do with the fact that the league um is located is head headquartered in new york 
And much like the rest of the NBA fan base that, that, that emanates from there, they don't watch these late night national TV games. And they, for that matter, they don't want, probably don't watch league pass that often. They're more concerned with the business of the NBA. The reason they are behind on this is is twofold. One, the Nuggets didn't get onto national TV that much this year for whatever reason, even though they've had the two-time MVP. Another factor is that Jokic doesn't get himself into promotions and advertising. And some of this is the league executives rely on promotions for a uh, player to get uh get noticed and in in, in it's in the in one way to say this the league relies on players to get to get advertisings promotion and uh commercials and all that stuff for the league to notice them and, and, and it's something that occurred to me last night as the as the announcers on espn were struggling to talk about nikola Jokic in any sort of exciting way Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, who have not exactly acquitted themselves very well in this playoff run, really struggled. Absolutely struggled. And by the way, there's uh, yard work going on outside. So if you hear that coming through here, I'm, I apologize. There's nothing I can do about that. Um, but anyway, they've struggled in talking about Nikola Jokic specifically and, and, and to a lesser extent, uh, somewhat somewhat lesser extent, the Denver Nuggets. They, they, they don't have a ability to talk about things that they haven't seen. The league has really struggled in uh, promoting teams that they aren't. They, they don't aren't, aren't cognizant of and it's because the league just is so centrally located in New York um, and they just cannot get out of it. I, it it's 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 hard to explain I've talked to a ton I have talked to a ton of people involved in the league and everything they say about the nuggets is I wish Jokic was more visible and by by more visible they mean, I wish Nikola Jokic was in commercials. And a lot of this emanates from the Jordan era. I went into that in that podcast. The Jordan era really is the one that it was the poisoned well. Okay. Michael Jordan was the most popular athlete in the world. He was, he, he, he was, and then to a large extent still is the most iconic athlete we have ever seen in, in any sport, you know, not, not LeBron, not any tennis player, not any soccer player, not in, he is the most identifiable and greatest brand name we have ever seen in sports. The, the NBA benefited from him in a way that uh, no sports league has ever been benefited from a singular athlete. Okay. These, these things happen and sometimes the league gets stuck in a rut. And one of the reasons they got stuck in, stuck in this rut was the perfect example was how the league struggled so mightily in promoting Shaq and Kobe in po the post-Jordan era. Um, obviously, they had a lockout that affected the, the league's perception. But Shaq was one of the most marketable athletes in the history of athletes. He was in movies. He was in com tons and tons of commercials. He was in videos, music videos. Shaq was freaking everywhere. And the league just couldn't promote him the way they could Jordan. Um, Kobe was also, you know, as popular as Kobe is and was, he also, they just couldn't use him 
to promote their league. LeBron comes in and uh, his his fame pre NBA really propelled the 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 league a little bit through the 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 aughts into the early 2010s. And what that did though was kind of fool the NBA because what you've seen since then is that yes, Steph Curry and the Warriors was were very easy because Steph was very appealing appealed to short kids who dreamed of the NBA. Basically that was a, a guy who could, you know, shoot from 45 feet away and 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 do that although we've seen the result of the of the Steph Curry generation and Trey Young so that deal with that as you may whether that was a good thing or a bad thing but what you have seen is the league right now right now with the nuggets emerging as one of the best team if not the best team in basketball what you have seen is the league's almost crisis point because they have a, a have a athlete in Nikola Jokic who quite frankly just isn't interested in prom promoting the uh promoting himself in via products and uh, a league that doesn't really know how to market someone who doesn't want to market himself via commercialism Nikola Jokic goes back to Serbia and you know does stuff with his horses in the off season. He has no interest in doing any of the stuff that other NBA lifestyle athletes are. And the NBA really is at a crisis point with this because it is very clear that he is the best player in the league. And the league, you, if you talk to people in the league, I am 100% telling you folks, they are, don't know what to do. They are 100% flummoxed. They want to promote the Denver Nuggets, but they don't know how to make it translate into the consciousness of the American people because we see everything through products and we see everything through endorsements. We see everything through promotion. And, and Jokic is a Serbian who isn't like Boban, by the way. Boban um, Marjanovic loves his commercials and he loves his uh, uh, endorsements and he loves his spots in movies because he's he's got that kind of guy. Jokic is the best player in the NBA. He has no interest in this. And the league is like, what do we do? And And that is a league thing. Now ESPN is whatever they fall they 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 will always struggle to promote teams that aren't on the East Coast or the West or California specifically. They just they 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 all have their big population bases that they want to have involved, and it's not even Boston. It's it's specific yeah specifically New York. They want the New York area energized because it juices ratings, and they want the LA area energized because it juices ratings and the league has always had this struggle i mean david stern openly did not like basketball in the mountain states he openly did not like that he didn't think people out here would support basketball this is 100 percent true goes back to him attempting to contract the nuggets and uh and the utah jazz back in 1982 there there is just there are just things that that the nba has struggled with um, I have no solution for this because you can't draw draw analog 
you know, kind of an analogy with the uh, NFL. The NFL has a national TV pro uh, product. There aren't RSNs. It's not diffuse like it is in all the three other major sports, okay? Everything is centralized with the NFL. Um, that is because it's, you can easily package a, you know, 16, 17 game season. Um, and you, and it's once a week and you don't have to worry about all these games during the week, all this stuff like that. But more than that, you, you know, you don't have these teams attached to RSNs and all that stuff. And it really kind of, uh, uh influences the way the NFL is able to market things. They are marketed because they're central, you don't have to have an athlete getting uh, getting promotion. Again, like you know, Pat, Pat Mahomes is in Kansas Kansas City, which is a much smaller market than Denver, and he does just fine. It's just the way the NFL is. It's centralized. It's the most popular sport. It you cannot draw a a allegory or any sort of analogy between the two. Um, but you can look at this this Nuggets team and the crisis that they have put the league in. And don't compare them, by the way, to the San Antonio Spurs. I hear this, and it's fucking lazy. The the Spurs, one of the Spurs' problems is that um, Tim Duncan's personality was about the the equivalent of wet cement. Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan is was literally the most boring athlete who has ever come through he was excellent he was great at basketball he's a legend he is a top 10 nfl athlete or excuse me and an nba athlete he is a top 10 nba player um he also had no personality um and he was also in some ads i mean i saw him in some uh but his personality was so dry and so boring the NBA couldn't do anything with Tim Duncan. It was just like even if you tried, you couldn't. It just he was in an, an ad with uh, with uh, David Robinson and back in 1998, I think I remember this. It, it, it was the two of them playing in 97 or 98, and it was like this. This it was kind of cool, and he you know you saw Tim Duncan laugh a little in it and stuff like that. It was them playing basketball on a on a on a on a outside court and stuff like that. I remember it vividly. Um, the NBA really tried with Tim Duncan, but Tim Duncan's personality was so boring that they couldn't do anything like that. And Jokic has a great personality. And I think, in just in my view, and this is just my interpretation, that I think Jokic would 100% love to do things that promote the Denver Nuggets in the league. Um, I don't think he wants to do promote himself. And that is where the NBA is at the crisis point. They want you to, they really, it's like they're, it's like they're standing in the back saying, please, please get a Sprite endorsement, get a Starry endorsement. For the love of God, we need you to help us. Uh, Nate Jones has talked about that a lot. Nate Jones is a guy who follow, follow uh, him on Twitter at Jones on the NBA. He's, um, he is a, uh, guy who is involved with, with Damian Lillard. He is a pr promo guy for Damian Lillard. And he always talks about how Jokic needs to make it easier for the NBA be and get in some of these endorsements. If a guy has no interest in it, you, your problem is you got to be creative in the NBA. Uh, let me tell you something is not creative. They aren't creative with these sort of things. They just are not creative they they this is why they struggle so much the nba just can't get by the fact that they can't uh they, they struggle with promoting their own product when it's not 
contributed by the player. They, they, they struggle with not having it linked to a product that's out that they, they, it's just, they need a guy to be endorsing something. And Jokic is not just simply, that is not going to happen. And this is the problem. This is 100% the problem. They just, they, they, they don't, they are at a crisis point. They don't know what to do. And I've talked to many people in the league and they will freely admit they don't know how. They do not know how. They want him to get product endorsements because that is their default. And they, and Jokic won't do it. So you got to get creative. And I am not 100% sure the NBA is capable of it. So. All right. Uh, sorry about all the background noise, folks. I, I, I just all that stuff going on in the background. I, I and I was in the midst of recording, so it's not much I can do. So, anyway, thank you all for for joining me on this latest Mortcast. I'm going to be back. Oh, I think I'm just going to do one after game two, which will be Monday morning. So I'll talk to you then. Goodbye.